0: PlushCare.com slash weight loss.
1: Confidence starts with loving who you are.
3: As we welcome you along to the programme we've got John Paul taking your calls at 1850-333-103 anything you want to share with us we'd love to hear from you you can also text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103 and of course the email is always there you can email patricia at c103.ie and I shall start with an email that I received uh, this morning from a listener with regard to the passing that we actually started the programme with yesterday the sad sad news of the death of renowned opera singer uh, Cara O'Sullivan and there continues in the papers today to be so many tributes to Cara O'Sullivan and indeed President Michael D. Higgins paid a wonderful tribute to uh, Cara that is worthy of a mention. He said she was proud of her Cork roots, ever generous to local groups. Cara O'Sullivan was a performer whose talents were recognised the world over. President Higgins said she performed not only in local halls and festivals but also at the Paris Opera and the Sydney Opera House and the Albert Hall in London, making her mark in many productions of work from Mozart to Handel to Verdi. He said her outstanding talent was recognised early on in her career by the great Joan Sutherland who helped her prepare for her first major role as Donna Anna in Don Giovanni. She'll be remembered, he said, as one of Ireland's greatest sopranos and one who was ever generous to her colleagues. And then he went on to sympathise to her siblings, her daughter, her extended family, and her wide, wide circle of friends. He said, Sabina and I send our deepest, deepest uh, condolences. And as I say, a lot of the papers today still picking up on the memory and the late, great uh, Caro Sullivan. One of our listeners saying, Hi, have listened to a lot of radio in the last three days from so my COVID sick bed. Oh, sorry to hear that. Was so sorry to hear of the death of Cork's own Cara O'Sullivan. May she rest in peace now, singing the praises of God with the angels and the saints as she sang and brought so much joy to so many of us over the years. She'll be dearly missed by her family, her friends and her fans not only in Cork but all over the world. And then the, the listener goes on to talk about how she'd love to hear more of Cara's music played on the radio. Well, can I suggest, if you want to hear more of Cara's uh, singing, to tune in to the Arts House with our own Elmer. Marie Moore here on C103 next Sunday, next Sunday morning at 8 because yesterday Marie joined us to pay tribute to uh, Cara but I was also very conscious when I was speaking to Marie that over the years Marie had started out by in- interviewing Cara but they became very good friends and uh, they had a lovely lovely connection so you could hear it yesterday in Elmarie's tribute how genuinely upset she was to hear of the passing of Cara but we spoke about the fact that she will be really remembered on Elmarie's Arts House programme next Uh, Sunday morning so if you want to hear more of uh, Cara's music then I point you to uh, Sunday morning 8 o'clock here on C103 and a reminder of course that the Lord Mayor of Cork Councillor Joe Kavanagh yesterday opened an online book of condolences and you can access that book of condolences by going to www.corkcity.ie if you want to add your name to the countless tens of thousands that will sign that uh, condolences book. Now there is so much talk about mandatory quarantining and that led to so many people I think contacting us yesterday you know saying well we need to close the borders we need to stop all of these people coming in into the country and one listener yesterday said who are all these people? Who is coming who, who, who's jumping on planes and coming to Ireland? Why would you be coming to Ireland at the moment with everything closed uh, down? Well you may have heard the Taoiseach yesterday evening actually it's picked up by Barry in our news uh, today. He was speaking in Fianna Fáil Parliamentary Party last night and he was talking about the fact that half of the passengers who arrived into Ireland just on one day this week they were Irish people returning from a foreign holiday Uh, he used the example of last Tuesday 800 people travelled into the country and that I suppose as well dispels the myth that there's tens of thousands of people arriving into our airports every day sadly And gladly, I suppose, not just sadly, but gladly there isn't. People are not travelling. But there was 800 for one day, Tuesday of this week. And out of that, just under 400, 397 were Irish people, who had been away on holidays for Christmas, I'm assuming, and they got a bit of an extended break and they were coming back into the country. And of course, we now know that the government are planning a new €500 euro fine for people who breach travel restrictions by taking non-essential journeys. And a non-essential journey, a holiday abroad, is deemed non-essential. So you could come back into the country or be on the way to your non-essential holiday and be faced with a fine of 500 euro you will also they're also of course going to introduce the mandatory quarantining for people travelling into Ireland from certain uh, countries now as of midnight last night there is a partial clampdown on people coming into this country because visa free travel has been cancelled and that effectively means that travel has been cancelled for people travelling to Ireland from Argentina Bolivia Brazil Chile Colombia Ecuador, Guyana, Paraguay, Peru, South America, and Uruguay. Passengers from Brazil and South Africa will also face two weeks of quarantine on arrival, but that's once the system is established. The Taoiseach speaking at that parliamentary parliamentary meeting said he expected other countries will be added, added to the quarantine list over the next number of weeks and, uh, and months. Now, it has emerged that nearly one in 10 passengers who were tested for COVID-19 after arriving from Brazil had tested positive, and that's according to uh, figures given to the uh, Cabinet. In the briefing for the Cabinet Committee on COVID-19, Dr Tony Houlihan said that more than 1,900 passengers from Brazil arrived into Ireland in January, and then they discovered that there was this Brazilian variant, and I suppose they decided that we really need to contact those people. So they got the message out urging them all, the 1,900 passengers arriving from Brazil to please come forward for a COVID test. Now, disappointingly, only 604 of those travellers so far have come forward for a test. But out of the 604, 52 actually tested positive. Dr Tony Houlihan told the meeting that all passengers arriving from South Africa since the 8th of January, they've all been sent messages urging them also to come forward for a uh, test. I don't have the numbers on how many travel from South Africa but so far 147 have come forward for tests and already 17 have tested uh, positive. Now between December 22nd and January 14th so a three week period 2,191 passengers. Oh, sorry, there's the figures. They're the figures that arrive from Brazil. 797. The, these are the ones from South Africa. And then 247 arrive from other South African countries in the same period over 84,000 people arrived into Ireland from the EU and there was also 6,303 who arrived from the UK and then there was an additional 14,350 from other countries. I don't know what the other countries are. So there was a lot of people travelling in and obviously it was between December the 22nd and January 14th so there were people coming into this country from for Christmas. They were doing nothing wrong. Travel was allowed into the country at that stage even though then in the midst of that they stopped the flights to and from the UK. Now, to date, nine cases of the South African strain have been announced by uh, NEFET. No confirmed cases yet of the Brazilian one. And of course, the big problem is and the real concerns are that the, the two new variants of the virus are more contagious Than the original COVID 19, and the Cabinet Committee meeting was told new variants are a very significant and an increasing threat. The UK variant, for example, we know it's 70% more transmissible than the original strain, and it is now already responsible for two thirds of all of the new cases here in Ireland. So it's the new strains that we have to be so worried about. And that's why people are saying, lock the country down. Stop people travelling in because there will be, we have the strains at the moment. We've got the UK one, we've got the South African one and we've got the Brazilian uh, one. As sure as night follows day, There will be more variants coming from different parts of the world and we have to do everything we possibly can to keep those variants out of this country. That's why quarantining is the way to go if we are going to allow people into this uh, country. But it seems not everyone... We know there's going to be mandatory uh, quarantine and there will be so many people put into hotels, but then the bulk of people who arrive into this country will be told you need to quarantine at uh, home uh, once you arrive back from abroad and you need to do that for uh, two weeks. But the big question is, how does it get policed and who's going to check up on it and, you know. Everyone says it'll be the gardi but do we have enough a uh, guardie uh, if more people decide to travel? Well it seems the Minister for Justice herself has admitted that not everyone who quarantines at home after being abroad, not every one of them will be checked up on under the new government uh, rules and also the Gardaí will not be allowed to enter into private uh, dwellings. Helen McIntyre said some of those returning uh, and who will be obliged to quarantine for 14 days would have the Gardaí called into their homes. She says if they cannot present themselves to prove that they are at home when the Gardaí called then a prosecution could happen. But Helen McEntee said the government had made it clear during the pandemic that we're not going to have Gardaí going into people's homes in response to gatherings or parties and the same is going to happen with the quarantine laws. The constitution does not allow for Gardaí for no reason to enter your house. The minister has spoken to the Gardaí commissioner about the matter and while full detail are still being worked on. Gardaí will have access to contact details provided by those landing on the passenger locator form so they'll know where the people are supposed to be be staying. Now she said a certain amount of people would receive a follow-up call from Angarda Siakona. Those who are called on and did not present themselves then could face a conviction and a fine of up to €2,500. They could be... Uh, they could be in prison for uh, six months and it seems they just have to present, even if it's just to the window of the house, just to show that they are where they are meant to be. But she's basically already admitting not everyone is going to get that call. Now the the Representative Association also are looking for a policy on policing the border with Northern Ireland and this was something that I spoke about yesterday. How do you police somebody who comes down from Northern Ireland, who's coming from a different jurisdiction and what do the Gardaí do? Now last year it course it did emerge that there was a loophole in any existing legislation that we have here in uh, southern Ireland. It meant Gardaí have no powers to deal with day-trippers, who come from the north, who broke any of the rules that we have in place, including the five kilometre distance from home limit. If a person comes across the border and stays overnight, then that address can determine whether they can travel within the the 5K. But if someone decides to cross the border and just comes on a little bit of a jolly and just wants to have a day trip down south and then return home to Northern Ireland immediately afterwards, it apparently is not covered by the regulation. So there, are, there certainly are a number of loopholes in there that really do need to be sorted out and of course none of this comes into place instantly because it looks like we need to have legislation. How long is the legislation going to take? I just don't know. There are a number of people coming in with suggestions on how we could make mandatory quarantine work and if we are going to ask people to self-isolate at home and they need to be checked up on, that's the way to go. I remember our listener yesterday uh, talking about our relative over in America who travelled internally in America and went they uh, came back to Brooklyn in New York for 10 days they had to self-isolate and every single day somebody from the Sheriff's Department called, different time every day and they had to sign a note to say that they were at home. Somebody says Patricia why couldn't they bring out the, gar- the army, use the army to check up on those who are supposed to be home quarantining and make sure that there is a daily uh, check up on it and then this idea that we can't, thank you for that the guardy saying that they some Somebody comes on a day trip from Northern Ireland, different jurisdiction. Nothing we can do about it says the "The Listener says I don't understand why we can't assert authority over anyone from outside of our republic. Does that mean so that criminals from outside Ireland can't be detained? This is ludicrous. I bet that's not the case in other countries. It is beyond belief. It's definitely a bit Irish and more than a bit says a texter. And someone else says this is Adrian says the government will not ban international travel. There's one simple reason. What is it Adrian? Adrian says the Taoiseach wants to travel to the US to meet the new President Joe Biden. Government ministers are Mary Lou. They won't want to see a ban on travel either because ministers in a Sinn Féin delegation will also want to travel to the US for St. Patrick's Day. It's pure vanity says Adrian texting us in mid-Cork. And actually Matty McGrath the independent the Tipperary uh, independent doll deputy he was speaking about this uh, yesterday. He's raging about the idea that Micheál Martin is planning any kind of a trip to uh, Washington. He is he says that if the the Taoiseach's insistence on a St. Patrick's Day trip to the White House, he said if he goes ahead, he will be negligent of his responsibilities to set a good uh, example. Matthew McGrath says to plough ahead with 2021 St. Patrick's Day White House trip is completely irresponsible as a global pandemic uh, runs riot. It's essentially, he says, a case as do as I say, not do as I do. He says the government were confining the freedoms of Irish citizens while planning a lavish and contradictory trip themselves. He said such a trip would send out the completely wrong message and risk undermining the hard work of healthcare and frontline workers at home. He said it is sucking the morale from every community. He said if the government was anxious to proceed with meeting the new US president, it could be done in an online capacity instead. He said just as parents and children were left to work and learn from home using various technology platforms. He says, I'm calling for the Taoiseach and the government to cancel the St. Patrick's State trip to Washington. He said to travel to the US in an official visit at this time would be reckless. He said the Taoiseach should try to repair relationships and implement adequate COVID strategies on the island rather than heading off to the States to rub shoulders with the new US President. Uh, Matthew McGrath finished by saying true leadership should always begin at home. And then a spokesperson for the government said that the, uh, the Micheál Martin reserves the right to plan a trip to Washington to meet with the president. And they say the relationship between Ireland and the United States of America is an important and a historic one. He said, while arrangements for marking the traditions of Patrick's Day celebrations are not finalized, any arrangement will take account of COVID 19. Uh, related measures both here and in the US so it does look like it's certainly still on the cards and we mentioned this last week where plans were starting to be put in place for the visit so as of now it does look like the Taoiseach is uh, travelling but certainly it is gaining uh, momentum of a backlash against that visit 1850 333 103 John Paul taking your calls you can text or WhatsApp 0862
2: 103, 103.
0: Cork today on C103 with John Cusack Insurances can sell. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. See mig.ie.
3: Now insurance companies are asking life insurance applicants if they have or have, have had COVID-19. It's a move that's described as a potential tax on frontline workers. Fine Gael Senator Tim Lambert wants the insurance companies to explain themselves and uh, he joins me. Good morning to you Tim. Good morning. And you're welcome to the programme. How did you become aware of this issue, by the way?
4: Um, Last Thursday evening, last Friday morning, I had a phone call from um, a constituent of mine who works in a hospital in Cork City. And she was going through a life insurance application and one of the questions related to her COVID status. And she was actually horrified. She rang me. I thought it was totally off base. So I made a few inquiries and I found it was a new practice from the actual insurance companies when it came to life insurance. They were asking whether, whether you had COVID or whether you're in contact with COVID. Um, like to me, totally off director the that they actually decided to go down this line so fast. Um,
3: and are you, are, you, are you fearful that it's the frontline workers who, who are obviously are the ones most exposed to COVID, they're the ones who'd suffer the most from this line of questioning?
4: Absolutely, like the demographic of health insurance is probably, if you're looking to, or sorry, um, life insurance, if you're looking to get life insurance, you're probably going to get it in a younger demographic. You're probably going to get it in your 20s, 30s, 40s. The older you go, the more expensive it gets. It's probably going to be, you're going to have to policy when you're young or else it's not going to work. So the people that are actually going to be most affected are the people who are actually walking in the front line because they are of that demographic itself. So it's a really unbelievable step by the actual insurance companies and the Insurance Federation. Um, total out of nobody saw this coming. Um, I've written to John McGuinness, the chairman of the finance committee, uh, asking to bring the representatives of the insurance company before the finance committee to explain their actions because there's no actual evidence 10 months into this um, pandemic that there's going to be long lasting health implications to get COVID. There could be, I, I can't definitively say yes or no, but at the moment, there's no actual evidence. But the insurance company has now have taken the opportunity to put it into a questionnaire, which would be a part of a levy, which will, in other words, is going to increase your actual premiums. And that's totally uncalled
3: for. But and the insurance, I, mean, I didn't say it's standard practice to ask new applicants uh, about any medical conditions. So is it just something that we're just going to put up with? Everybody's going to be asked this question.
4: Yeah, I just think it's like to me, I like, didn't ask whether I got the flu jab last year or what, you know, what flu implications i got. And the problem here is we don't know exactly what COVID is going to do to us. COVID could be an issue or it could be a non-issue. And I don't know. And until we have that evidence, I think the insurance companies have just, you know, they're not willing to take the chance and they've put a liability on the actual frontline workers in particular. And the younger demographic that will be looking for health insurance. Um, like and and
3: the, the real fear, fear is uh, that it'll be used to increase premiums. And, oh, that's, yeah. and like, that's what that's, insurance
4: companies do. And that's the only reason they put it in. Like, There's no other logical way that they can stand over this actual question being put on. Only they are putting it on so they can have another um, tick against you regarding your actual premium and it's only going to go one way. And that's absolutely certain. Like, If this wasn't about increasing um, the actual premiums, they would not be putting that question in and they would not be taking this heat that they are taking for the last 48 hours in it. Um, like the insurance companies have to have to shovel some of the responsibility here, and in many ways, they're trying to walk away from it. And I think it's totally, totally uncalled for. It. I'd be hoping, like John McGinnis, I emailed him last night again about this issue. I'd be hoping that in the next ten days we actually get the insurance federation before the rocks itself. I'm not a member of that committee, but I'll do my best to actually attend because I think it's one of the key issues. If we allow the insurance companies again come on without any evidence whatsoever regarding the long term implications of COVID and put a levy on the younger generation and in particular the majority of them could be frontline workers. That is a sin and that's something we just can't stand over.
3: So you're hoping to get them to drop the question?
4: Oh god yeah. And uh, where that's the only game in town here. Like I think like even a social or even a corporate responsibility will have the insurance company say, let's take the liability here, let's take if there is a liability How could they actually stand over a scenario that they could potentially put a levy on the people that are literally saving our lives?
3: And I I think you're right. It's too early for them to jump in with this question. It would be different if in a couple of years it's proven that there is some, God forbid, long term uh, effect. But it just seems very early in the pandemic.
4: This is 10 months down the line. We didn't hear about COVID, but we did literally. weeks that was coming along the lines, but like COVID is a new phenomenon. We have no actual um, evidence of what the long term implications of COVID is going to be, and they're not ready to, willing to wait for the long term evidence. They're willing to put a levy on now just in case.
3: And I mean, have they asked? uh, Are they asking the question? Have you had the COVID vaccine?
4: They're not. They're not. That's not another question, and that's a very interesting point. And I put that email to John McGuinness as well because they're asking one issue but they're not asking the other. So yeah. they're asking did you have it but they're asking did you actually have get it Have you protected
3: yourself against, against getting yeah. it? Yeah, yeah.
4: And I think, look, to me, insurance companies are insurance companies. they will always find a loophole if they possibly could. I think they've gone too far this time and I really think this is, like, there's a corporate and a social responsibility in these companies as well. Like, they cannot in many ways stand over a scenario of putting a real levy... And young people, and particularly frontline workers, without no justification, without no evidence, they're doing a wing in a prayer. It's absolutely appalling.
3: OK, it'll be interesting. We'll follow, we'll follow up on this and when they go before the Oireachtas Finance Committee I will be really interested. I think a lot of our listeners will be to see what, what the insurance companies have to say. And just well to have you on the line I saw you retweet the guy that at the weekend about issuing the, it was seven fines to men who arrived in, in Kinsale. Uh, just to, for people who didn't see it it was seemingly two taxis arrived four in one three in the other they all got out I imagine they went into an off licence or something and bought some yeah. drink and when they were approached by the Gardaí they said oh we're down from the city we've rented a house so we're going for a few drinks now they were sent back on their bikes uh, fairly smartly but it's, it's shocking to think that some people are just not getting the message
4: it's a very interesting point you raise because they're not getting the message, but there's a slightly bigger issue here regarding people coming down from urban centres renting a house for two or three nights and having a so-called party. Like, this Airbnb phenomenon that we're seeing throughout Ireland, and particularly throughout West Cork, is absolutely frightening. We're having continuous activity on that website. We're having continuous activity with people coming out for a break from the actual lockdown itself to have a party. And I actually mentioned at the parish Party last night I think we should actually ban Airbnb while we're level 5. Why should that website actually be up and running in a scenario when you cannot physically go on holiday? And it's not essential workers. People don't use Airbnb for essential workers. They use it for a getaway or for a holiday scenario. And what's happening in Kinsale and other parts of West Cork over the last 10 or maybe 2 weeks is that at weekend, properties are being rented out. People are coming down from urban centres and staying there and having a party. And I've had numerous complaints come into my office. I've sent them on to Cochrane and who have taught me that they actually don't have a full register of all the Airbnbs. Because I went to Cochrane and to write to every one of them to say, they are not allowed I actually have visitors unless it's, um, you know, people who work, who have to come for workers, which I don't think anyone would if you're Airbnb. But Cockle accounts don't have that full list. So, the only way that we can regulate this is to actually say to the website company, it is inappropriate that you should be advertising this kind of stuff in the middle of a level five and you need to cut it out.
3: Because and if I we're not think, allowed to travel outside our 5K, why do we need to be renting an Airbnb? Totally. There was a lady up to me
4: last Monday morning and there were six cars parked outside her neighbour's house, an Airbnb property, for the entire weekend. She's and like, that,
3: it puts the fear there. of God, Tim, All the into neighbours. Like yeah,
4: was in an awful state. And she's a lovely lady, you no, don't get me wrong. But, like, that's what's actually happening out there. And in fairness to the charity, call it, they're doing as much as they possibly can. But, like, I actually think we need to have a real drastic measure for the next six weeks, while, or potential six weeks, while we're in this um, level five, that we should say that website needs to come down because it, it's inappropriate that you be advertising your property. Like, there's no way you're going to go down this essential worker to stay in any of these locations. It just doesn't
3: happen. OK, OK, we'll keep an eye on that one. Uh, Tim, in the meantime, thank you for that and thanks for joining us thank on you. the programme. Uh, good yep. morning to you. That is uh, Senator Tim Lambert, 1850 333 103, with a reminder that today we are once again playing our competition for Coolmore Fresh Foods don't text our WhatsApp yet we'll be looking for you to text our WhatsApp a little bit later on on the programme for your chance to win one of four hampers containing 12 delicious cakes we're giving them away every day this week from Coolmore Cakes Bakers of Artisan Loaf Cakes in uh, Bandon in West Cork we will want you later on to text our WhatsApp us with a sweet message a, a card or an email something that you received from a family a friend a loved one a work uh, colleague let us know uh, what it was and we you'll be in with a chance of winning one of those hampers with 12 delicious cakes from Cool More Cakes that's coming up later on
2: Court Today on C103
0: with Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale now part of McCarthy Insurance Group they don't just talk the talk they walk the walk cmig.ie to celebrate C103's brand new breakfast show we're giving away thousands of euros
2: Ken's Pure Cork Quiz is your chance to win free cash
0: on C103. Answer three Cork questions in just 20 seconds to win 103 euro. And stay listening across the day because there's loads of chances to play.
2: Ken's Pure Cork Quiz begins Monday morning at 7:20 a.m.
0: Stay listening on your phone, smart speaker and radio for your chance to grab the cash. Free cash.
3: Only on C103. Okay, lots of uh, texts coming in to us uh, in particular about the notion that Mihol Martin is going to go to America for St. Patrick's Day and the majority of people really just not uh, happy with it. Patricia, if Mihol Martin is going to the US for St. Patrick's Day that I'm going on holidays in April, I am locked up now with almost a year because they're telling us we must stay in. But if they're allowed to travel, uh, wh- why can't the rest of us. Nobody will listen to us for sure if they do decide to make that trip to the states. Somebody says, has Micheál Martin received the vaccine? No, as far as I know, there's no members of the government have received the the vaccine and I'm sure when they do, it will be public knowledge, but I've certainly heard nothing about any member of the government receiving the uh, vaccine. Also, uh, Miho Martin, the cheek, <laughs> says a listener. Uh, uh, he, is, he is right to tell people not to go away on holidays, but show respect for all of us, please. And forget about this St. Patrick's Day holiday to the States. I'm sure Joe Biden, the president, would have more respect for a man who was showing respect for his uh, people. And Adrian says, Patricia, on the travelling to the States with Miho Martin and whoever else decides to go with him, is that the reason why we are going to end lockdown on the 5th of March? That will be the date that they're talking about opening up and loosening up on restrictions. It will give the government a few days' wiggle room to make travel arrangements. I never thought I'd say it, but I'm on the same wavelength as the independent doll deputy, Mashi McGrath, who was given out about it yesterday. God help me, says uh, Adrian. Somebody else says, if they want to send the bowl of shamrock, Mihol Martin, could send a bowl of shamrock by post and a number of people do that they send shamrock in the post to their loved ones so would it not be a way if they want to get the bowl of shamrock over parcel it up and send it off and Joe Indomamwe says I take it that our wonderful leader would be placed in a quarantine hotel on his return from the States for uh, two weeks at whose cost I'm wondering says Joe well at the moment for uh, for anybody coming from the States you would he'd have to send self-isolate for two weeks in his own home is what he, he would have to uh, do he wouldn't have to go into one of the quarantine uh, hotels uh, another text the government are completely brain dead a complete lockdown was the obvious move and even what they're doing now is uh, too little too uh, late Hi Patricia, I was listening to Leo Varadkar on the TV last night. This virus will be with us in 12 months uh, and it certainly is coming in. It's coming in through the ports, the airports and the seaports. If the government had listened 12 months ago, a lot of lives would be saved and yet none of them seem to say uh, sorry. Okay, that's some of your texts uh, coming into us. Keep them coming. You can also uh, WhatsApp and I know John Paul, it's is taking calls as well now. There's a couple of people on if I can find it here um, to do with the meat plant in uh, Bandon. A number of people are worried about the meat plants in abandon uh, and what's going on there, and people are concerned about it. And somebody's saying there's no and there's no talk about it on uh, the media. Uh, Good morning, uh, Patricia. In the past couple of days, there's been two major outbreaks of COVID in meat plants, one in Bandon and one in Bunclody and barely a mention on the media about it. Why are these people so untouchable? Many of the workers are from South America. If they're testing on site, how could this have occurred? Well, actually, I think the reason that the cases have been identified was because there are testing on a site and public and private COVID-19 testing is being carried out by the APB plant in uh, Bandon. It was confirmed this week 66 members of staff have tested uh, positive. Staff at the Bandon plant that listeners is saying that they're coming from South America. They're from a variety of different countries. People working there there's Irish people working there obviously. They're from East Timor. They're Polish, Brazilians. They're from Georgia. Ukraine, Romania and they are from Moldova. Now a spokesperson for APP plant in Kilbrogan said regular testing is being carried out at the plant. Measures have also been put in place where people are in shared accommodation and where they will need to uh, self-isolate. The spokesperson said we have been actively discouraging foreign travel for all of our staff since the advent of COVID and we also have strict measures in place. The measures they say are in line with government protocols and they apply to all staff and that's regardless of the nationality and they say if a staff member has travelled abroad that person has to undergo 14-day mandatory quarantine before returning to work and during that time they also undergo COVID testing. The spokesperson said that the plant does remain open despite the outbreak. But it is operating at a significantly reduced uh, uh, capacity. And then separately, at Slaney Foods in Wexford, there also has been more than forty staff have tested positive there. But it is the, w- the reason that it has been identified when somebody is saying, "Why aren't they uh, doing? Why aren't they testing on site?" They are, and that's how these cases have actually been uh, identified. I can see a number of people now contact- contacting us saying they are wholeheartedly in agreement with me, Martin, Gold. Going to uh, Washington and flying the flag for Ireland on St Patrick's Day. Bridie in Conakilty says absolutely think Micheál Martin should travel to Washington. Emer is in Ladiesbridge and she said I agree I think Micheál Martin should go to the States. We need that relationship with the US now more than ever. Once vaccines come on stream and we ease out of lockdown we need to protect our jobs and the future of our economy. With Brexit we're left on the edge of Europe. I feel the EU seems to be all about France and Germany. We will need America now more more than ever. They will, be nearer to, they will be nearer to us than they are to those in uh, Europe. We need to keep the contacts uh, going. Margaret in Skib uh, says, I was listening to your programme last Friday when John O'Donovan came on and he was in favour of Micheál Martin travelling to uh, America. So many other countries would kill to have this opportunity on our national holiday. We should avail of any opportunity. We need it now more than ever. Eddie, now is the time to be building for when the virus is over. Uh, we need Micheál Martin to go over and meet with Joe Biden a no frills meeting he can isolate when he comes back we need to be thinking about the bigger picture and we need to be thinking ahead so a number of people are in favour of him going but Joni says we should send over the shamrock by courier and let the Irish ambassador in Washington present it to Joe Biden some of your thoughts and comments keep them coming 1850 333 103 text or whatsapp
2: 0862 103 103
0: Court today on C103 with Sean Cusack Insurances Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance,
3: cmig.ie.
0: You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed.
3: As we've been discussing this week, the government announced that passengers coming into Ireland from locations where new COVID variants have been found, along with those arriving without a negative COVID test, will face mandatory quarantine. So to find out how ready hotels are for this, I'm joined by Fergal Hart, who is Cork Chair of the Irish Hotels uh, Federation. He's also General Manager of the Kingsley Hotel. Good morning to you, Fergal. Morning, Tricia, and you're welcome to to, to the program. I'm assuming it will mainly be hotels that are close to the airport or the seaports that will be used. Is that the thinking here?
5: We we assume so. Yeah, I, I think um, that the numbers are likely to be quite small initially. Anyway, based on what the government has announced so far, um, I mean, obviously it's, it's just limited to visitors from uh, Brazil and and South Africa initially. Um, now there are some there has been some speculation that that could be extended but for the time for the time being it seems to be just from those two areas so we would expect really the numbers to be to be quite low initially um, and certainly for the for the cork area um particularly you know i, I think most of this would would be based around dublin initially and, and just for hotels around the airport
3: yeah cuz even checking this morning online about flights in and out of the country i don't think there's any flights into cork airport i think they're down to about three flights a week which is just the the heathrow flight
5: yeah that's right yeah. like their their business was 90% down on last year and um you know they've been hit extremely hard by by all of this and and we're you know obviously very concerned because the the the, the success of the of the hospitality industry in cork and and everywhere else really is is um, is centered around access and uh you know the airport has to be successful really for us to be successful so you know we're we're extremely uh, concerned about their future and we certainly hope that the government will put the necessary supports in place for the likes of Cork and, and, and Shannon Airports to, to ensure their future, their future success.
3: And what, what is the summer looking like? I mean, I think everyone accepts we're not going to be going away on foreign holidays this year. Staycations proved really successful last year. Is that, is that what the whole hotel industry is now? Is that what you're putting your focus on as you're planning ahead?
5: Yeah, really. I suppose last year, um, you know, we, there were there were times during the year where we were able to open up, and particularly during the summer months. And, and certainly the staycation market was, was really where it was at for us. That, that's, our whole focus was on that. And really, that's what this year is looking like it's going to turn out now uh, as well. You know, it's... Um, it's crucially important for us and certainly for, for a hotel like ourselves in the Kingsley, we would have, in the past, we would have relied a lot on international business and uh, particularly international corporate travellers and, and tour groups and things like that during the summer. So all that business is gone really and we've had to kind of adapt our, our business to, to attract um, the more domestic, kind of the, the, the local market, I suppose. And, you know, we were we were relatively successful in that regard last year and certainly I think hotels in in rural locations and coastal locations, uh, did particularly well as well during the summer months. But you know, really across the board, it was a, it was a horrendous year for for the for the industry. And um, really, the the staycation market is all we've got to to focus on. And um, so, we certainly hope that that, that that will that will be the case again this year. And it looks it certainly looks like people won't be able to to travel abroad or or to accept um, international visitors to the country either
3: are you pinning your hopes on some kind of easing of restrictions from the 5th of March which which, which will include hospitality
5: yeah that's the, like the indication again now this morning you know the the had a meeting there last night and and the Thons did say that that his expectation or his hope is that if the numbers do continue to to move in the right direction that uh, that we would move to a level 4 and um, from the 5th of March on that doesn't make a massive amount of difference really to the hospitality industry unfortunately um, you know, it, it might allow a little bit more outdoor dining and things like that, but it really just depends on what the government decide. Um, but certainly, you know, any any loosening of the restrictions would be obviously we would see that as a positive and 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 hopefully would move us closer to a point that maybe around sort of Easter time that we might be might be in a position to to open back up to the general public.
3: Are you completely closed at the moment?
5: Um, We're not in the King's League. We've we've been supporting the the HSE um, really since since the early days of the pandemic, so we have a number of their healthcare workers uh, staying with us, so we've we've been glad to be able to to provide that support to them, and and obviously it's been important to our business as well, Um, but a lot of hotels, unfortunately, are are in a really tough position at the moment where they've been forced to, to completely close their doors, so... Really, we're we're very mindful of that, and um, although we appreciate the kind of the government supports that have been in place up to now, you know, we do require certainty on on, on when they're likely to be extended to, and um, and there are there, there are some issues with those as well that we hope the government will continue to look at and, and to tweak over the coming months.
3: Are you fearful some may not reopen, virgo
5: I, you know, we. remain optimistic, I think hotels by their nature are are, are very kind of adaptable and flexible businesses and and, and that's been the approach that we've taken here and I know all my colleagues in in the industry here in Cork and and, and nationwide have taken the same approach so we're seeing lots of uh, kind of takeaway facilities that that weren't there in the past and people have had to adapt and and, and try and and attract new business and and, and hopefully those changes that that everyone has had to make and the more kind of controlled environment and, and secure environment that we can provide will ensure uh, that hopefully largely most hotels will be able to to reopen the business unfortunately won't be won't be or uh, there won't be as much business as there would have been in the past but but we hope that we can start to rebuild for the future
3: and in fairness last year two uh, hotels in between the lockdowns that period in the summer where you were able to reopen and the, you know there was still lots of restrictions uh, in place I mean it worked it, it worked for hotels and it certainly worked for for people that went to stay with you
5: it did it did you know it as i say it probably it wasn't that it wasn't at the kind of level we would have been used to in the past but certainly it did work and i think that the fact that hotels can provide that that kind of secure environment is is important you know i think house parties and things like that were were unquestionably a problem in the past when when the numbers when the numbers rose at, at particular times during the year and i think hotels can provide that more secure environment we've we've made changes we've put in you know, we've retrained our staff. We've signed up to things like the island Safety Charity, uh, safety charter, I should say. Um, we've, you know, all our staff wear PPE. We've changed how we take bookings for for restaurants and for the for the pool and for the gym, so that now it's it's a much more kind of controlled environment. And, and we've kind of moved away, I suppose, from the sort of the. You know the queues sneaking around reception at, at ten o'clock mm. on a Saturday morning, and yeah, like that, yeah. which, which actually improves the, yeah. the guest experience as well. So we, you know we've, we we found that last year worked for us, and it, it certainly worked for guests as well.
3: Okay, alright, listen, stay safe uh, Fergal, thanks very much. and Thank thanks you. a million for joining us that is uh, Fergal Hart who is Cork Chair of the Irish Hotels Federation and General Manager of the Kingsley uh, Hotel. Eighteen fifty-three-three-three-one-zero-three. let me return to so many texts coming into the programme today. A lot of comments on Mijo Martin and the possibility that he will travel stateside on uh, St. Patrick's uh, Day Someone says, does Micheál Martin fly to Europe at the moment? If if he does, then what's the difference with him going to the US, says one uh, texter. While Meg says, we've got over 3,000 people have died in Ireland since the start of the, the pandemic. What is the cop-on point, says Meg? Is it when we'll have 6,000 dead? It's strong leadership we need in this country. Meg suggests putting Tony Houlihan in charge of running the country. Someone else says I thought the US had brought in quarantining for 14 days uh, Miho Martin should stay at home and set a good example if Miho Martin goes to the US as another texter why doesn't he bring home an adequate supply of the Pfizer vaccine now that would make sense says this texter uh, who also feels you can bet your life Patricia that he has had the vaccine I, I really don't, I've, I, don't think he, I don't think he has I don't think any member of the government um, because the optics of that I think would look so bad Uh, Patricia, did Micheál Martin think at all that Joe Biden, as president of the US, may not want him to visit? Joe Biden comes across as a man who's very afraid of COVID and he might rock a few boats if he tries to suggest going over, signed a Cork uh, lady. Uh, Another texture. all people must show anger and stop him from travelling. When we've all sacrificed so much for the last uh, 12 months, it would be foolish to go to America. Yes, Patricia, Michal, the idea of Michal Martin softening the blow and starting to reduce restrictions on the 5th of March uh, has got a lot to do with that he wants to travel to America. We must show our anger and stop him from uh, travelling. If he goes, I'm telling you, this texter, I'm heading to the pubs. So I don't think going to be a pub uh, open and John says close off all the off licences this is in regard to the gang who arrived in Kinsale last week. They are a disaster. Roll on St. Patrick's Day watch it it'll be party time everyone will be out trying to wet the shamrock that is from uh, John OK I'll leave those aside for a sec because I want to get to some other comments that came in to John Paul this is one uh, that has my <laughs> slightly scratch in my head this is in from John in Cove he now this is tying in with listening to the fact that Micheál Martin is considering going to America for St. Patrick's Day John rang the programme and John Paul took the call and John Cove says, well, you can tell Patricia for me, I'm going on holidays in two weeks' time and I don't care. If the politicians can do it, then so can I. As a family, we are heading to Las Palmas. There are, there's no mention of tests for coming or going and I can tell you we will not self-isolate when we come back. We're sick of politicians telling us to do one thing and then they do the other. We can do our own thing says John in Cove. Uh, good luck with that uh, John because you we know that there are checkpoints going in and out to the airports and I'm assuming if you're flying to Las Palmas you're not flying out of Cork airport because there's no flights out of, uh, the only flights out of Cork airport at the moment seem to be about three a week to the to. Heathrow so it's Dublin that you're going to and I got John Paul to check there are flights to the Canaries even today out of Dublin airport so I'm assuming you're travelling out of Dublin uh, airport be prepared it is highly likely you'll be stopped by the Guardi as you're heading towards uh, Dublin airport and their plan the plan now is to increase the fine if you're a find, found outside your 5k the increased fine is going to be €500 Euro. and remember we were, were told it isn't just the person driving the car it's every other adult in uh, the car and we're told that non-essential travel does include holidays holidays are not deemed essential travel so i will be uh, interested to hear john if you decide to go through with that plan how you actually uh, get on with it 185333103 Hi Patricia, this is from Michael Vaccines will come when they are ready There will be more variants, so to prevent more variants and the virus escaping we all have to reduce infections Every infection creates more opportunities for this virus to mutate so we must all slow down the infection, slow down the pandemic Vaccines are a very important part of all of this, but in the meantime we must wear our mask, we must wash our hands and use good hand sanitizer, not a watered down one, says uh, Michael, that's good sensible advice from you Michael Hi Patricia have I had to bring my son for a COVID test yesterday in Waterford. I must say the staff and the army staff were so professional and kind that the stress you're under by having to go there for one and secondly, the way they treat people with the utmost care and kindness. I would like to give them a shout out this morning and to say thank you very much to all of them. They're doing great work and please, please God, the results will be negative. Have a good day. Thank you for that and let us know how your son gets on and hopefully it will be a negative result uh, as well. Okay, other texts coming in to us. We're going to be talking about home uh, schooling in a moment. And this Mister sent this in saying, uh, Patricia, um, I've sent you a WhatsApp sketch about a carrier pigeon with homeschooling earlier. I don't know if I got, oh yeah I didn't open it yeah yeah, I saw it Remember, but I didn't open it. Anyway this text says let me, it's Noreen, thank you Noreen, let me tell you about our first homeschooling morning three weeks ago. The 16 year old stressing out that she needs silence in the house while she's on upteen Google call classes. Daddy comes in at 10am to make tea and boiling the kettle doesn't help. 14 year old must be driving her teacher's potty during calls apparently her phone is glitching or her laptop camera freezes. She's actually online with her friends on another device. And then the 11-year-old who just does not like homeschooling. She solely misses the interaction with her teacher and simply playing with her friends. However, in fairness to her, she quickly came to my rescue two hours into our first morning. I'd started with my twin eight-year-old boys and was knee-deep in Aladdin, Seesaw, WhatsApp, YouTube, downloads, PDF, etc. When next I realised I had to upload and photo and record court. Mother of mercy, Patricia, I was beside myself, but hold tough. A while, a while, not finished yet. Don't forget the endless walks and the cycles with the boys and the girls and the bikes and the two dogs. And wait for it, the two cats as well. It's actually not as manic as it really sounds, but let people appreciate their schools and their teachers who do a brilliant job, even now helping children as much as possible. Thanking you and enjoying the programme. Thank you for that note. That made me smile uh, for sure. We, we are having a child psychologist, by the way, joining us on the programme. I'm Noreen, if you have a direct question you seem to be doing really well does seem a bit manic but glad to know it's all calmed down a little bit but if you do have a question on homeschooling get it into us please 1850 333 103 or you can text our WhatsApp 0862 103 103 C103 Jobs Philip Walsh Refrigeration and Electrical they've got a vacancy for an apprenticed electrician slash refrigeration technician. Bookkeeping position that's available in Mallow. While Irish Yogurt St. Clonacilty they have vacancies for general operatives and welders are required for a workshop that's in North Cork. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c 103ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103.
2: Cork today on C103.
0: With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. Cmig.ie
3: A homeschooling divide divide is emerging across the country according to a survey conducted by the Irish Independent which showed that some online classes run just two times a week while other pupils are tackling a full timetable. Joining me with words of advice to parents who are homeschooling is Catherine Hallisey who is a child psychologist from Kinsale. Good morning to you, Catherine. Good morning Patricia. You're, and you're welcome to the programme. Do some children take to remote learning like a duck to water while others simply just can't get it at all?
6: That's exactly it. There are so many factors at play as to whether your child will thrive or really struggle with this remote learning that we are all have been forced into right now. So, you know, you've got personal temperament, like some children are so extrovert and they need to learn in a group. And other children are really introverted and just thrive with the silence and the self-paced learning at home.
3: So there's some children actually benefiting from it.
6: There definitely are, you know, um, many children that I was seeing in my clinic running uh, school related anxiety are actually thriving at home. Now, I don't know what way it'll be when it's time for them to go back to school, (laughs) but lots of them are saying it's great. But to be honest, the vast majority of families that I'm speaking to are really, really struggling, parents and children alike.
3: Yeah, we've had one mother contact us already to say that her eight-year-old daughter is becoming, is going into herself is how she's described it. She's missing her teacher and she's missing her friends and being in the school environment.
6: Yeah, we all know that education, like the academic education, is only one part of what happens in school. You know, we've got the hidden curriculum, how children interact with one or one another and play, and even the relationship that they have with staff. You know, the school culture, So we're taking away this huge part of children's lives and then expecting them to just slot right into being able to work by themselves without their teacher explaining, being able to go to their teacher to ask questions for clarification and even getting that in the moment corrective feedback that they get in
3: school. This is the second time for remote learning, Catherine. Generally speaking, has it improved from the school point of view and what's coming to the children at home? Has that improved over the first lockdown?
6: There's been a dramatic improvement and I think it's really important that we all acknowledge the flexibility and the adaptability that so many schools and teachers have shown. You know, the special education support teachers are just doing phenomenal work. SNAs are doing phenomenal work. And so many of the class teachers are just really, really have stepped up so much. And what that shows me that even with all of that work that um, schools and teachers and SNAs are doing, that the children are still struggling and families are still struggling.
3: Yeah, and then I suppose there are, as I mentioned, that survey from the Irish Independent, some schools are offering a lot online and that's obviously going to have an impact as well on the homeschooling, depending on how much you're getting from the school.
6: It is. And, you know, whenever I do pieces like this in the media, people often contact me afterwards in a panic, worried that their children are going to fall behind compared to other schools. So for any parent listening you now, I would ask you just to really, really hear what I'm saying. These few months aren't going to make or break your child's education. Yes, of course, some children do really well and they might be getting two live classes a day or or more and another child might only be getting one social class a week. But this is just where we are. And there are so many things that you can do to teach your child right now outside of the books. So, you know, I suppose the most important thing is just really making sure that children are getting time outside and moving their bodies as much as possible. You know, because I'm always thinking about how to protect their overall well-being, their psychological, mental health and your health as a family. So time outside, time together as a family, that's stress-free. You know, so making sure that the home learning doesn't take over the entire day. You know, you want some connection time. You want some laughs. You know, again, these are things that we know that are really protective for mental health. And even if you got your kids reading for a minimum of 20 minutes a day, that would be really, really good. So if you do nothing else, do that.
3: Yeah, uh, Elizabeth, the mum of a 10 year old little boy, he was in tears last night. The amount of work that's coming from home from our online from the, uh, the school he, he Elizabeth feels that he's really under pressure at the moment. Yesterday he was so upset she just told him to stop and that he didn't need to finish uh, the work and she's wondering now today was that the correct thing to do?
6: I think it's really important that we tune into what our children are showing us. So we've got to recognize, you know, we all have off days. And then so you can have an off day and do that. And then thinking about, okay, what do I need to do tomorrow to set my child up for success? This is exactly what I'm going to be covering, actually, in my workshop next week. I'm doing a workshop for parents. It's low cost. I've kept it really accessible. It's just seven euros. And talking about how to tune into whether your child is just trying it on and trying to get out of work or whether they actually really, really need a break. Now, I would also suggest that you ask your teacher to give you an estimate of the amount of time the task should take. Okay. And then have that mentally in your head. And if your child is spending way more over and above that, then it needs to be addressed Now, it could be that you look at how can you change the environment, reduce distractions, increase concentration. It could be that you have a chat with the teacher and say, look, I've been tracking how long it takes. This is what's happening. What should we do?
3: Yeah, And teachers are, are, you know, playing a blinder. They really are, you know, they're interacting uh, with parents and they will want to hear from you if your child is feeling under pressure.
6: That's so important. I was a primary teacher myself many years ago, and you get into the profession because you have this passion for helping children and families. So I can guarantee you, your teacher, your child's teacher will want to hear from you if there's a problem, especially if you approach it in in the form, "Okay, this is what's happening. What can I do? Because you're acknowledging the teacher's expertise. They're used to how they learn in class. And we also need to remember that when they're in the classroom, teachers differentiate the tasks. So some child might be very able and they're given more advanced work and some other child might have skills yet to develop and they might be working on core tasks. Whereas usually what's happening now, the information or the tasks that are coming out are set for the entire class.
3: Mm -hmm.
6: So you might need to negotiate that with your teacher and like really just keeping those lines of communication open rather than saying, actually, we're not doing this at all.
3: OK, talk to me now and offer advice to parents who are working from home full-time as well. That can be extremely difficult to try to keep an eye on the homeschooling and trying to do their job remotely.
6: Very much so. It's the position I'm in myself. Okay. So, like, I... What I would suggest every family does is, first thing, is you've got to think about your priorities. So one of the most important things for uh, the children is that you keep your job. So you've got to be able to do your job. You can't do everything. So think about what are the priority tasks. So this is where you talk to the teacher and say, look, I have this amount of time. What's the most important thing for me work- to work on? And I would suggest for a primary school child, it's reading and math you can talk to your child's teacher about that. And so, like, we've really got to give ourselves a bit of grace about this. The second thing is see if you have any flexibility within your job. So, for example, I get up early and I do work ideally between half six and eight. And I get some work done, and done then. And then I can devote time to getting kids ready and getting them set up with their learning and then getting back to my work. And, you know, I I may do some in the evening if if It's time sensitive,
3: yeah. You know plan- yeah so it's so pl- it's planning your day, yeah, and planning your day. And yeah. then, uh, yeah, somebody's asking about younger children, two younger, two children under two uh, in the household. How do you stop the distractions? Of oh
6: yeah. So, setting up your home, I'll be covering that in depth on Tuesday. So what I suggest you do is you you go and do a walk through your home and see where are there spaces that could be converted into distraction-free spaces. So, for example, I have a little corner in my bedroom and I have a small table put in there. So I have one son who's eight and he finds it very hard to do his maths with noise going on and there's five kids in the house here. (laughs) So he comes and does his maths here. Okay. My my, um, senior infant... She has a small table in my home office, and hers takes so long, she can go in there between eight and nine in the morning and get hers done there. So it's just thinking about timing, location, and then setting the younger children up with activities as well.
3: To keep them busy, to keep yeah, them like busy. Like a
6: busy bag or a busy box. Um, and if, it, you know, just really coming up with a list of things, like if this is where planning in advance will really help you. If you try and do it on the fly, there'll be tears and not just from the kids.
3: And as parents, give yourself a break as well. You're not, you know, none of us are are Superman or Superwoman.
6: No, this is a crisis. Yeah. So what I would suggest you do is, if your best friend came to you with this problem, what advice would you give them? You would probably say, look, you're doing the best you can. It's all you can do. This is going to pass. We will all get through it. And it's not going to make or break their education. Whereas you do need to keep your job, if at all possible. And you need to keep your own mental health intact intact, and do your best around your children's overall well-being and not this sole focus on academics.
3: Well done. Well done. Great advice. And how can people uh, log on to your workshop?
6: So jump onto my website, it's CatherineHallacy.com and sign up for my email list. So I'm offering it to my email list first, just there's been a huge number who have um, registered their interest. So I'm going to send out the email hopefully in the next hour. So jump on now, CatherineHallacy.com. I'll also put the details on my Facebook page and I actually have a post up on my Facebook page what do you want me to cover in the workshop?
3: Well done, well done.
6: So everyone's putting up their questions and then I'm putting
3: them into the workshop. Good. Listen, good luck with it uh, Catherine and thank you for taking time out of your very busy day to talk thank to us so today. Thank you so much. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Thanks for that. Bye bye. That All is uh, Catherine course. Hallisey who is a child psychologist uh, from Kinsale. Uh, CatherineHallisey.com, if you want to get involved in that workshop. There just might be the difference between your panicking at the moment and that sense of mania and people thinking, I can't do do it all is yes, to give yourself a break as well I think that is so so important ok number of people by the way reacting to John from Cove who contacted us earlier who has just said enough is enough I'm going to hold this he's a holiday booked to Las Palmas in two weeks time family holiday off uh, their heading and he doesn't care and he also said that when he comes back he there isn't a hope in hell that he or any member of his family is going to self-isolate uh, Billy and Bandon was on to say Has John been reading the newspapers lately? Because on Sunday, Billy and Bandon spotted that the Spanish president has said they're closing the country. Tell John he would need to check he mightn't be able to get into Spain on his much-planned holiday. Jimmy in Castle Magna says, you can tell that selfish John who has taken himself and his family off to Las Palmas, that he's lucky he's not living near me because it would be one holiday he would reject uh, he would regret says uh, Jimmy in Castle Magner um, Anne in Ballantemple Temple says is there any wonder the virus is spreading when you have that kind of attitude from John in Cove to think he can just travel abroad I think anyone who breaks our travel restrictions and travels, travel abroad I think they ought to be put in jail I and mean, Hall Martin should have more sense than wanting to travel to the US in uh, March. And another person said it's because of people like John that we're in the mess we're in at the moment. I'm isolating. Why? Because I've got an underlying health condition and he's disregarding all of the advice that is coming through. Anger doesn't Cover it, says a texter. 1850 333 103. John Paul taking your calls. Text or WhatsApp 0862 103
0: 103. Court today on C103 with John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk.
3: CMIG.ie. Going to Castletown Bear, Guy, the station for this week's Guy, the five, where I'm joined by Garda, uh, Martin Hegarty. Good morning to you, Martin.
7: Good morning, Patricia. Uh, and,
3: and, you have, and can I start by just passing on our deepest, deepest condolences, you you lost one of your own uh, last week um, with the passing of um, Aidan Kremen. We
7: did indeed. Um, I suppose, uh, Patricia, it would be inappropriate for me, maybe not to mention um, uh, Aidan's unexpected and untimely passing. Um, and, um, um, and as I say, it was a huge shock to us. Um, um, much has been said and written about Aidan um, in all the different social media platforms and indeed on the, the local radio stations as well. Um, but it would be suffice for, for me to say that his passing has left a huge void in the Bear, Bear Peninsula. No, it was a privilege and an honour to have served with Aidan during the 15 years he worked here um, a great colleague who you always knew was there for you if you needed his help or assistance and you know he was held in the highest esteem by both his colleagues and the public at large down here on the peninsula he was a great character and um he will be he, he will be missed um if you may if i may patricia wish to thank all those who have sympathized with us here in the station in in castleton Bear and who have signed the uh book of condolences um that were 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 situated in the peninsula as well for all of those, we wish to acknowledge all of those who stood out on an extremely cold evening, socially distanced, may I add, along the route of Aden's final journey to, through the Bear Peninsula. And, and so I
3: heard huge numbers turned uh, turned out, Martin. They
7: did, they did indeed. Yeah. That um, will
3: tell Patricia. you the esteem in which he was held.
7: It, it did indeed. Like, mm. as, as we accompanied him on his last journey um, north was, is, 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 um, to the kingdom, as we say, um, you know, we were over, you know, it, it was every crossroads and every uh, the front of every house you know there was people standing there and you know i mean the bear peninsula is quite a large area there was huge huge numbers of people uh, all along the route and i uh, must you know it was an exceptionally cold evening and um you know we were we were taken aback ourselves by it um so Basically Patricia to his mum and to the, the other members of his family on behalf of myself and indeed those of us here in the station we express our deepest condolences and sympathies to them and as the old Irish saying going, ní bhag a on ána and ar yashté ar anam dealish.
3: Well said, well well said, may he rest in peace. That's uh, remembering the late Garda Aidan Cramman. Uh, okay and to this week's uh, Crimes um, uh, Martin you, uh, there's a couple of incidents that have happened that you're looking for assistance from the the, gov- from the listeners, starting with a burglary in Cookstown.
7: That's that's correct. Well, I suppose to, to pre to, to as a precursor, it, it it would be suffice to say that the number of crimes in the area has been down, and that's maybe down to the fact of the additional policing and checkpoints and patrolling that is being done. Um, we've always believed that prevention can be maybe the better, better than the cure, but I suppose we just plough on and with this one um it it was a burglary that occurred in Conmaco um Crookstown on uh, Monday the 18th to the first between Monday Monday evening at 8:30 p.m. and Tuesday the 19th to the first uh, at 5:30 no um the injured party arrived home to discover that um uh, his his uh, premises had been broken into that there was machinery taken from it so what we're looking for here is um Patricia is that if there was anybody in the Conmacoe area of uh, Crookstown, um in around those times again the time the date and time is Monday the 18th 19th the 18th to Tuesday the 19th between 8:30 p.m. and 5:30 p.m. the following day um, if anybody was out and about in that area and noticed anything untoward, unusual, vehicles, be it individuals that may have been loitering around, my colleagues over in Crookstown would like to hear from them um, and they can be contacted at 021 733 6002.
3: And it's always frustrating to hear about criminal damage to a sporting facility and that's exactly what happened in, in at Cladove GA Club.
7: That's correct. Um, P- Patricia on Saturday the 16th to the 1st between 8pm and quarter to 10 at night um, the, what do you call it, uh, a fire was lit um, in the stand area of the GA P- um, club there in Cladouf, um, and uh, we're just anxious to get to the bottom of it from the point of view that, you know, I mean again it's it's a public amenity that's there, it's a fantastic amenity for the area and you know it, anybody that would go in and cause shameful. damage to it it's it's, it's, it's shameful it's just be- beggars belief yeah but um again as i say it is my colleagues in um crookstown garda station are actually dealing with that particular incident um and they would like to hear from anybody that may have been in the vicinity of the cladolph ga premises on saturday evening between 8 p.m and quarter to 10 um and <clears throat> as i say look you know, it is it is important that we have these amenities there, particularly at the present time, that people can maybe even get out and go for a stroll around them or whatever the case may be. So, you know, um, for people to damage them, it, it it's just it, it beggar's belief. It's to say senseless,
3: believe. it's just completely yeah. senseless and there was more criminal damage again, pretty much in the same area. Yes,
7: this is particular uh, specifically going on in uh, over the last number of weeks uh, and maybe months as well and I was talking to my colleagues in Crookstown this morning it's just something that has has um, baffled them a little bit. It's ongoing criminal damage in the Clannemakey area of Crookstown and um the the thing about it is that it's it's an ongoing thing that they they're not just 100% sure of why this particular area has been targeted or otherwise but what the the difficulty as I say, it's an ongoing um, situation over there it's one p- specific premises that has been damaged on a number of occasions so it is in the Clonmachey area of Crookstown anybody there that would be maybe out for a, an evening walk and notice anybody loitering around it or indeed if there's vehicles hanging around it or whatever we would be grateful of a, a phone call and my colleagues as I say in, in Crookstown are, are dealing with that, Patricia, and they can be contacted at 0217336002. And
3: checkpoints are continuing uh, for Operation Fanac?
7: They are indeed. um, As I say, the checkpoints and the active patrols have been carried out at various locations around the division, uh, I suppose. Suffice to say is that, you know, um, the the, the figures are starting to come down, but there is no need for complacency at this particular point in time. Um, It is important that people do... um, Comply with the HSE guidelines and regulations in relation to all the various uh, aspects of it that that um, have to be obeyed. And but we're there to help people. Um, we've said this on numerous times in the past. If you need assistance or whatever, it's just pick up the phone and ring your local guard station or whatever the case may be, and we can assist in any way we can. But the the other side of it is that. There is a, uh, um, an international pandemic in going on, and we need to keep on top of what's going on. So that's the reason for the operation, fanuk uh, checkpoints F- and the patrols that are going on. And we we do earnestly request the public to continue to comply with the HSE guidelines. And as I said, there are penalties involved with people that you know will not comply with them. And you know, as I say. They're there in in the extreme circumstances when people won't comply. But, you know, the fact that most people are complying with them, you know, we we just need to continue on the the track that we're at at the moment. and, and. See how we get
3: on. It's, yeah, you're doing it to protect everybody. It is, it's, it's not out there for killjoy reasons. It's to, it's to protect everybody. Okay, listen, we leave it there, Martin. Thank you for that. Stay safe and thanks for joining us. Thank you, Patricia. Good morning to you. That is uh, Martin Hegarty joining us from Castletown Bear Gardens.
0: You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed
3: you can stop texting us on our Cool More Cakes uh, competition because we are swamped with the number of entries we've received and John Paul needs to select our four winners for today so if you have entered hold off we'll be announcing the winners before uh, one o'clock uh, today and if you didn't enter today you will have the final opportunity to do it tomorrow and our thanks to Coolmore Cakes bakers of Artisan Loaf Cakes in Bandon in West Cork for giving us these gorgeous gorgeous hampers to give away this week 12 delicious cakes in each of the hampers they really are superb and a reminder to you to join us next week on the programme when we will be celebrating the C103's brand new breakfast show with Ken Tobe and he's had a settling in week this week and he's doing so, so well it's as if he's always been here really he really has settled in well but to celebrate the brand new breakfast show we're giving away thousands of euro and we are going to help Ken to celebrate by on this programme and indeed all of our programmes across the day parts we're playing Ken's Pure Cork quiz and it's your chance to win free cash on every programme across next week here on C103. What will you need to do? You'll need to join me on air, answer three questions in just 20 seconds. Now 20 seconds might sound like a short period but I was trying this out yesterday myself and actually you can do it if you know the answers. You can do it in the 20, 20 seconds. You've got to be quick in with your answers and if you answer three Cork questions, In 20 seconds, you will win €103. So stay listening right across all the day parts starting next week to win lots of chances to play and win. And we will play our very first round of Ken's Pure Cork Quiz next Monday morning at 20 past 7. You can listen on your phone, your smart speaker and radio to win on C103. We're looking forward to having some fun with that across next week. Now, some of your thoughts coming in by email to Patricia at C103.ie. Patricia, I don't know if I heard it on your programme or did I hear it on some other radio programme? or did I hear that some councillor somewhere is calling to bring back fortnightly payment of social welfare pensions? If so, says Kay in Cork City, can I tell them to please forget it? Unless the pensioners themselves want it and for those I've spoken with they do not want it. Leave it as it is where we go and collect our pension every week It's confusing people. Also thousands of pensioners do not have bank cards and they pay off their bills every week by going to the post office because you can pay off your gas, your electricity, all your other bills. Uh, so thanks so much but please tell them, to leave it alone and leave it weekly. No, and we looked into this before, Kate, there is no talk of returning the social welfare payments back to going along every fortnight rather than every week. They did it in the early lockdown and they did it more because older people were cocooning uh, as well, but it there's no talk about doing it and what they have said to people who prefer there are some there are some but there are a lot like UK who prefer to go every single week but there are a small cohort who preferred getting paid every two weeks and to those people they said that's fine you can call in every two weeks because your money will be saved for you week on week so you can call in every two weeks if you want but for the other people and for I think the vast majority because we had so many calls in about that at the time saying when would you would it be returning to weekly and people prefer to budget I think week on week and prefer to get their money every week and do it that way so no okay there is no talk about it even if somebody had suggested it not, there's absolutely no talk about them bringing it in about outbreaks of COVID in meat plants and in particularly the meat plant in um, Bandon that's causing a lot of worry for people at the APP plant who have now confirmed 66 staff have tested positive Dan is a hospital worker and he said those workers that are coming into Ireland, particularly the ones that are working in the meat plants, some of them are coming from uh, Brazil. Are they vetted? Are they quarantined? Are they tested? Dan says we're under huge pressure in hospitals at the moment and this carry-on is simply not helping. It's been spread in the community. These workers, and it's not their fault, they're coming in here to work. They're walking around the communities and of course, what are they doing? They don't know they have COVID-19. They could be spreading it. Uh, Those people that are running the factories and those that are Renting properties for them to live really have answers. Really have questions to uh, answers. Are they aware of what is going on? I'm wondering are some of them turning a blind eye, and somebody else is making the point that even though APB, in fairness, said they are, they had been discouraging foreign uh, travel, and I don't know how many of their staff did travel home say for Christmas, but they're told that if any member of staff did, did travel home, they were they had to undergo 14 day uh, quarantine and remember the cases were picked up because testing had gone on in the factory. And I know somebody else was emailing us about it as well. Anne earlier on says, surely the employer, this is in all of the meat plants, has a cause to protect all workers in the meat plants. To have over 60 cases really is shocking. How many contacts, how many people have they been in contact with out and about in the towns or wherever they're living? I think these meat plants should be shut down for two weeks. Uh, and Anna's also questioning have they proper access to living conditions, have they the correct PPE ge- gear, who's in charge of the welfare of all of these uh, workers. So she's concerned not just for the workers but also for the people who live in the uh, vicinity. John in White's Cross said a lot of these workers come in from Brazil. Many of them have to work, they don't have any choice because if they don't work, guess what, they don't get uh, paid. So he's fearful of people coming home from are coming from Brazil. And the number for Brazil were quite high that three week period from December 22nd to the 14th passengers arrived for Brazil were 2,191 so there was a lot even though the word went out uh, to anyone travelling from Brazil because obviously when they travelled over we hadn't heard about the Brazilian uh, strain and the Department of Health said a number of them had come uh, forward not all of them I think 64 no 604 had come forward from from the over 2,000 passengers who travelled in from Brazil and 52 tested positive, which I think was was a high, high figure indeed. OK, some of your WhatsApps coming in to us. Patricia, on that story of the seven men who went to Kinsale, this is the story that was highlighted by Angarda Chicona because they find them two taxis pulled up in Kinsale, three in one taxi, four in the other taxi. Some or all, I don't you know, went in to a local off-licence and bought drink and then they were stopped by the guardie to say, lads, what are you up to? And they said, oh, we rented a house for the weekend and, you know, we're getting, we're having a few drinks. And They said, no, you're not allowed to do that. You're from the city. Go back to the city. They all got fined and they were sent back uh, to the city because they were outside their, their five uh, kilometre. Listener is uh, saying... If they travelled from Cork City to Kinsale, why weren't they stopped at a checkpoint along the way? I know that there's one at Five Mile. Why were they not stopped? Maybe the checkpoint wasn't there when the taxis went by. This listener also questions the taxi driver who picked up the fare, because this listener is of the belief the taxis are only meant to take people for essential fares. And surely they, the taxi driver, were travelling outside the five kilometre. Would well, they would be allowed to travel outside the five kilometre because it would be deemed work. But yeah. Was it essential work for the lads in the car? Yeah, I know the point uh, you're making. Uh, So the listener is questioning taxi uh, companies and what are they uh, doing um, we need, it, it, this, this needs to uh, stop. There's too many people coming to West uh, Cork. We need Michael Collins, our local doll deputy to bring this up, says a texter. There's no name on that particular text. Other WhatsApps coming in. It doesn't show much for Joe Biden and America if they will not forget Ireland just because he doesn't get a bowl of shamrock in the middle of a pandemic. I'm sure he's a decent person and he will actually I feel have more respect for the Taoiseach for standing by his people. Time to do a Zoom call. Did the Australian Premier not head off for Australia Day? We're always always bowing and scraping. Hold our heads high. We are a rich country in our we were a rich country, and a people did the Australian Premier head off for Australia? I would have to check that because I know the Australians and New Zealanders really uh, seem to be doing it right, but, but you're right as well. Nobody knows for sure people are asking. Has anybody asked Joe Biden if they want anybody from Ireland coming over in the middle of a pandemic? Someone else says are the Irish government not employed by the people of Ireland, yes they are. How dare they even consider planning a trip to the USA of a talk about sticking up the middle finger at the Irish people? It's one rule for us and another for them. I I think it's disgusting behaviour. All these meetings can be done online until such time as it is safe to travel. I can't visit my mother for fear of taking the virus into her. But it seems perfectly okay for Micheál Martin to travel to America to visit the new president. For God's sake and for the sake of the people of Ireland, stay at home, Mihal, and indeed all of your government uh, officials. Someone else then, Sue, says that he should go to America. We cannot, as a country, miss out on this huge public relations. He absolutely should go. Good morning, Patricia. What part of stay at home does Mihal Martin not understand? And staying on travel, I wonder if you can help me, please. If I wanted to travel back to England in the very near future. Do I have to have a COVID test prior to travel? Are there restrictions on travelling to the UK? Thanking you in anticipation. Now oh, I can see from that that number it's come in, it's from an English number. So it's obviously somebody who was over here, either came over on holidays or came over before Christmas. I'm not I'm not too sure. Do you need to have a COVID test? You're going to need to check because they, they, they're they getting quite strict in the UK in who they're allowing in and not uh, allowing in. I also suggest you're going to need to check with the airline. Some airlines, for example, are insisting that you must have a COVID nineteen, a negative COVID-19 test before they'll allow you onto the airline. So I would be checking with your airline uh, first and then check in with the embassy in the UK to see what exactly you're doing. There are, there are certainly, yes, there are flights going between Ireland and England, but whether you have to have, a, I know when if, you went over and then decided to come back here. You certainly would have to have a, an, a COVID test, a negative COVID test before you would be allowed into Cork, or Dublin or Shannon or any of our airports. But I would suggest, well, I don't know what airline you're planning on flying with, I would suggest checking in with the airline. They certainly should be able to update you on it. Dee in says on Micheál Martin wanting to go to America for lunch. is <laughs> how so Dee says it. And I can't go to the UK to see my disabled mum. and my seriously ill dad? I haven't seen them since November of 2019, so it's now well over uh, a year. Not happy at all. And that's from D in uh, Goline, 1850 333 On homeschooling that we discussed in the last hour, Patricia, the problem with homeschooling, says John in our house, is my youngest, my eight-year-old daughter, is doing everything through Irish. Obviously, he's going to a grail skull. And John says, I "Have to admit, I'm not great at the Gaelga. I can't explain most things to her. Only for my older children, we simply wouldn't be able to do anything. But I always have also have to bear in mind that they have to do their schoolwork as well." Says John. Listen, John, and I'd say you're not on your own on that. There's got to be a number of because Gaelscanners are very popular, and a lot of people like the idea of having their children educated through the medium of Irish. And it isn't necessarily always the case that anybody in the household is Irish. It's often the children bring the the Irish home. So I I wouldn't say you're on your own. But what I would suggest, what Claire Hallisey, our child psychologist, was suggesting to anyone who's coming up against any kind of problems like that, like that kind of problem, I would uh, suggest that you contact the school and explain the dilemma you're in and see what they can suggest for you. Because, yeah, you're right, your older children are great to be helping out, but they're under their own, probably, time pressure as well. And we don't know how long this is going on for and how long they'll be in the position to be able to help you out. So I would suggest getting on to your child's school and uh, see, what, see what advice they can offer you. And then a texter says, No, Patricia, no. As I see it, if our students are set to use technology to study from home and surely the education of our youth is paramount, then I see no logical reason why technology can't be used by our world governments for any kind of negotiations or any kind of communications in these troubled times. All travel, regardless, should be halted. Anybody planning to travel right now are not looking at the consequences on the economy long term. Our government have, for me, been sadly lacking in this. So come on, government, give us the people some belief that you deserve this uh, job so somebody else who absolutely wants this country completely locked down. Cork listener says Patricia I know of some people recently who had a COVID-19 test and it was negative. They continued to self-isolate and then they got a second test and on the second test it turned out they were positive. I would like to know if someone has been travelling from abroad with a negative test could in fact positive could in fact possibly be positive, thanking you, Uh, says a Cork listener. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the reason why Neffet said when our government decided that everybody entering this country had to have a negative Covid test three days, 72 hours before they travelled, that's the reason that Neffet said Don't know if they quite went so far as to say, I know some leading experts went so far as to say it's not worth the paper it's written on because, A, they could also pick up COVID after they have the test done. But also, if you get tested for COVID and it's in the very early stage of you picking it up, it is possible that you get a negative result. And then, if you get tested so many, maybe five days later, you will get a positive result. It was also one of the reasons why, when they were testing close contacts, which of course they're not doing at the moment because we're so swamped with the number of people. that needed to get tested, that if you were a close contact, you were told to uh, test on day zero, the first day, and then you were called back for a second test between day five and day seven. And about 20% of people tested positive on the second test. They were negative on the first one, but they were positive on the second one. So, yes, it is very possible that someone will arrive into this country with a negative uh, test and then think they're fine and they're not. One of the reasons why quarantining in Australia and New Zealand uh, is you, you have to have a negative test before you get on the plane, then you get on the plane, then you're taken to one of the quarantine hotels. You test it, I think it's three times from the day you arrive up to the day you leave over the 14 days. And I know, for example, in New Zealand, 76 people were identified as having COVID-19 even though they'd arrived with a negative test. But when they were in the quarantine hotels, 76 of them turned out to be positive and they have to remain there until they are over there for the 14 days and they test negative. So yes, absolutely, that uh, has happened, is happened and there is uh, an explanation uh, for it. Mavis says... Um, Haven't they got the message yet? All those people travelling in and out of this country they're either stupid or they're on a death wish. Close the borders. Let us get our lives back. Do they want this virus to keep getting worse? People like John from Cove who's suggesting that he's going to Las Palmas with his family in two weeks' time. Um, We are trying to keep safe and I'm doing everything that I've been asked to do. I'm virtually under house arrest at the moment and then we've people being that selfish. Lock them all up in a prison camp together. It's so frustrating says Maeve For once, she says, "I'm lost for words, finding it really, really frustrating, indeed." And then we had uh, John, or Joe, sorry, my apologies, Joe, who contacted us, who's really upset about nursing homes, and uh, he, his mum is in a nursing home. He hasn't been able to visit her now. Obviously, it's completely shut down because of COVID. And he said, "What really worries him is there is COVID." inside in the nursing home and he's terrified that his mother is going to going to get it. And then he says, he hears this morning uh, and it's in the papers as well, that more than a quarter of nursing home staff have not taken up the offer of regular COVID-19 testing despite the high level of infections in nursing homes. Since June staff have been offered free COVID-19 testing but the HSE say the overall uptake is about 73.4%. Now it is up on the first round I think it was about 70%. It is up but about a quarter of staff don't. It isn't compulsory to take the uh, test. Now, I know the HSE's Chief Operations Officer, Anne O'Connor, was asked about this the serial testing in nursing homes, and about the fact that a quarter of the staff refused to have the test on. And she, sa- she did say, yes, testing is not compulsory for any- anyone. But she said, I personally don't think it is acceptable. That anybody working in a nursing home would refuse a test. She also said, by the way, that vaccination is not compulsory, but she said they are two very separate uh, issues and and couldn't be absolutely couldn't be uh, compared. And I wonder, are have they many refusing to take the vaccine? Because to me, everybody is screaming, looking for the vaccine. But anyway, but they are two very separate issues. I can't understand how anyone would refuse a test. I know I've had it done. I had it done in the early stages. It's uncomfortable. It's bearable. I mean, it's not it's not that painful, but it is it is an uncomfortable procedure. But I I would l- like any person who is working in a nursing home to explain why they are refusing to have the test when it is offered to them. Bearing in mind, there are over now one hundred and sixty five outbreaks in nursing homes at uh, the moment. That's five times higher and the outbreaks in nursing homes in December and remember nursing homes have been closed to visitors since just before Christmas when the level 5 restrictions uh, came in but of course as Paul Reid of the HSC frequently warning once community transmission is out there the likelihood is, is that staff will catch the virus then the staff uh, go in because that's the point Joe was making, he hasn't been able to go in and see his mother and yet there's COVID now inside in the building. It isn't brought in by visitors. It's got to be brought in by staff and of course if it, if it is out in the community staff inevitably some members of staff will pick it up but I have to say that many nursing home staff have completely changed their routines and the way they live their lives and many are leading very secluded lives as a result for fear that they would pick it up and they would bring it in. And that's right across, not just nursing homes, that's right across hospitals as well, doctors, nurses, social care workers, healthcare assistants, the cleaning staff, the catering staff, the admin staff. They're all trying to do their best not uh, to bring it in. Uh, But of course, it is very difficult then when they're in, particularly in a nursing home setting, to avoid physical interaction with residents. But it is a bit galling to know that there is an opportunity for them to get tested and a quarter of the staff in nursing homes decide not for their own personal reasons decide not to take up on the test. 1850 333 103 We are looking for your pet questions please because Jane Pickett our resident vet will be joining us in this hour on the programme so if you have a pet question for Jane now is the time to start getting them into us you can text her WhatsApp 0862 103 103 The C103 Cork Diary With Cork
0: County Council's Community Support Program here to assist vulnerable people with their Daily needs through the COVID-19 pandemic. See corkcoco.ie.
3: The priests of Mallow Parish are inviting people to participate in a holy hour of guided prayer online with adoration to the Blessed Sacrament. It happens every evening excluding Saturdays and it's broadcast from St Mary's Church at half past seven. It can be viewed on their parish website which is www.mallowparish.ie And the staff of Daily Industrial Supply a Company are aiming to collectively walk, run, cycle, hike and swim 1,000 hundred kilometres during this the month of January and they're doing it to raise funds for the Cork Simon community. You can donate through their Just Giving page.
2: Cork Today on C103.
0: With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CM
8: If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. For full, important safety information, visit juviderm.com. When
1: you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more.
9: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com/pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
3: ig.ie
2: This is the Court Today replay on C103.
3: Keep your pet questions coming into us please because Jane will join us in a couple of minutes. John Paul is taking calls uh, for pet questions now please at eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three, or you can text or WhatsApp me it comes straight into me here at the studio to 0862 103 103. and thank you, thank you, thank you to a huge number who have entered our competition again today. Uh, this is our competition with Coolmore Cakes who were established as a farmhouse bakery back in 1988 And they started producing cakes in an agar cooker in the farmhouse in West Cork. And that business obviously has just grown so much. They're really great supporters of local jobs and businesses in Bandon and the wider West Cork uh, area. And the cake hampers they've given us this week, the 12 cakes, you'll get a chocolate orange cake, a black forest cake, a ginger latte cake, coffee and walnut cake. And then there's two salted caramel cakes, lemon cakes, carrot cakes and chocolate fudge cakes. Gorgeous, gorgeous price. and we've been asking people uh, to tell us or send us in a sweet message, a card or an email that you got from a family member, our uh, friend's and let us know please as to why you should be with a chance of winning one of these hampers. Well, let me give you today's four winners. Now, I don't have a name on this one. I should be saying to people when you're sending it on to put in names and addresses because most people are just sending on copies of cards or whatever they've received. Now, in fairness, John Paul is great. He'll catch up with people afterwards and get full names and addresses so that these hampers can be delivered. But this was such a sweet text that came in. says, Morning, I'd like to nominate my mother Mary. She is amazing to all of us. This year, I was in Cork University Maternity Hospital I had to stay there for over two months it was due to a pregnancy issue she was our hero with her two small boys at home with her help my husband was able to go to work. Mam got my hospital bag ready, meals for the gang at home, kept the home up to date She she always puts herself before others. She is our rock. Best friend, mother and granny. I will never forget the day that I came home with our third child. Thank you ma'am for everything and thank you to C103 for giving me a chance to enter this uh, competition the cards kept me going and the video uh, calls and the listeners sent on just a really sweet card that obviously granny helped the boys to make and it really is gorgeous. By the way uh, the, our listener says we told our boys that mammy had a sore back but thank God the sore back what did it produce a healthy baby girl and that's what she came home with that's uh, terrific that's lovely congratulations we'll be in contact just to get Mammy's full name and address and JP in Carragher says hi Patricia I have a friend who apart from being very kind and always putting everyone before herself There is something that she does on a regular basis, which I think is one of the kindest, sweetest and most thoughtful things ever. Our ancestors and how they suffered during the famine has always impacted on her. And she regularly drives to the famine graveyard at the top of Carr's Hill, where 30,000 are buried. And she stops, says a prayer and as a mark of respect to all of them, she lays a potato on the ground. She's doing this right throughout the pandemic as it's within her five kilometre restriction. She always says, we think we had it bad now, but look what those people suffered. As long as she is alive, those people who died in the famine will certainly never be forgotten. That's really, really nice. Well done. That's from JP and Carrie Galeine. Thank you for that, JP. And Mary says, hi, Patricia, I would like to nominate my sister Anne for one of your K campers. I live on my own and as a result of a fall last November, I broke my heel Ouch! I had to spend a week in hospital having to have an operation and then I had to have a full cast. Not a day goes by that she does not ring, call to bring my shopping and then, then she collected me for all of the hospital appointments uh, when possible. Not only is she a great sister, she's also a busy wife and mother to three. Plus, she's a frontline worker and she has a sweet tooth. By the way, she also has a big birthday coming up. I know she would love the cakes. P.S. She also took my dog to look after and walk him. Ah, oh, she sounds amazing. Well done. Uh, thank you for that, Mary. On behalf of your sister, um. And I think this is from Greta, but the last, it says Greta, but I think it's Greta. Hi, Patricia, I would like to enter your competition for the Coolmore Cakes. This is my story. During the last lockdown, my doorbell rang and when I answered the door, there stood my local florist with a gorgeous bouquet of flowers for my mum's birthday, which was sent from my sister. He, he also gave me a second bouquet and I said, who's the second bouquet for? And he said, That's for you from your sister. So on reading the card attached to the bouquet, it read, thanks for all your help and thanks for looking after our mother during this lockdown. We couldn't be there to look after her. So you're doing it instead, your loving sister Kay. And that's really sweet, that's from uh, Greta. Well done. They are all of our winners today, each of them winning one of our hampers from the Great Gang at Coolmore Cakes, Bakers of Artisan Local Cakes in Bandon in West Cork. And we will do it all again tomorrow for the final time. eighteen fifty three 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 one oh three. If you have a pet question, get it into us, please because up next answering all of your pet questions. Jane Pickett our resident vet John Paul's taking the calls and you can text her WhatsApp 0862 103
2: 103 Court today on C103
0: with John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale now part of McCarthy Insurance Group they don't just talk the talk they walk the walk cmig.ie Eg Filemach, Quintan and Nea is Farlin, Shaw Eight Rour C one oh three air Kirkig.
1: Bunir and Cork Public Museum at Bork Big Garrick, Siblin Octiac at the Hadakuig, undespecially a Gunna All allen Dungahit. Lagan the Museum shall beam Erendor the winning La Kirkig Marvala Mount Ishach. Agas Horodian, Godon has her Lady and E, a Dahalti, a dinner heart, Erala on Valle, Todian Tornown Homa on Egypt Orsa, Agas Ongrig. Tiershir Erend Star, Egan Public Museum, Agas Winseltas.
3: Jane Pickett, our resident vet from the Island Wood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group, joins me this afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Jane. Good afternoon, Patricia. And you are very welcome. OK, I mentioned this earlier and I said that I would say it to you. It's a story that's actually in the Avenue uh, newspaper this week and it was a local dog owner who went public to try to warn others of the dangers associated with the rise in the dumping of masks. We're always complaining about when we're out for a walk, you'll see mm-hmm. the disposable masks are, are all over the place. Uh, this gentleman was out uh, walking with his dog, a Labrador, and he said before he knew it, the dog had grabbed one of these face masks and swallowed it. Now, he contacted his vet straight away and the vet brought him in. They actually had to induce vomiting. <laughs> Sounds awful mm-hmm. but anyway the procedure worked and within five minutes they, they they got the mask up but the danger was that the mask was one of the ones that had a little bit of you know, the metal part that you put over your over oh, your nose wow. and the vet was making yeah. the point that that could have caused serious problems. So just mm-hmm. to kind of a general advice I was when you were out walking dogs you need to be careful that they, they like a dog will eat anything which is, seems bizarre oh, but they will
10: yeah yeah they are curious, curious creatures, and sadly they don't have a great filter on what they decide to put in their mouth sometimes um I think just exercise caution i think for it works from both perspectives, everybody needs to be quite responsible and make sure they're disposing of their masks safely or using reusable masks um but you know accidents happen, things fall fall out outside, so I suppose as a from a dog owner's perspective. If your dog has great recall and they're okay off the lead in in a designated area, just keep a really close eye on them. But if you have any doubts as to your your dog's recall or discretion in what leads outside, best to keep it on a lead. Okay, so just and that way you have a bit
3: more, more control. Just be uh, really careful. OK. A listener has uh, kind of a strange and embarrassing question. Uh, our dog has a tendency pardon the pun to constantly lick his private parts. He does it on a regular basis. Now we've had him at the vet and they can't seem to come up with anything that, that we can do to stop him. I hate it happening. I'm at my wits ends. Any suggestions would be welcome. Please. That's from uh, Robbie. One of those I suppose it's more embarrassing if there's anybody in and the dog is, is, is licking exactly. at his private parts.
10: <laughs> I, I think first and foremost, well done for popping your dog to the vet. It's really important to make sure that there's nothing that might be bothering him down there and um, that's causing him to lick or irritate the area. Um, I think the main things in this in this situation are to rule out the fact that it, whether it has any kind of, let's say, bladder infection, I suppose burning whilst peeing in that area can sometimes cause a lot of irritation. Or sometimes they can, unfortunately, even get infections in their prepuce, so that area of skin around the penis. So it's really important to rule those things out if you've been to the vet. that's most likely been discussed with you. Um, what I would say is, that if all, let's say, physical or medical problems have been ruled out, it could be habit, or it could be associated with, let's say, lots of those those boyhood hormones, testosterone. Um, if he's not castrated already. It may be worth considering and chatting to your vet about whether they feel that castration would would help in this situation. Sometimes, if we can, let's say, by castration them reduce down the, the levels of you know that boyhood hormone, that might be might be driving kind of any, let's say, behaviours in that region. Um, that can certainly help with the situation in some dogs. However, I would put a big caveat on it: In some dogs, once they start doing it, it can just become habit. Mm-hmm. Um, distraction is a really good thing, um, as long as they're not doing themselves any great deal of harm or causing irritation or, or pain in the area. Then it may be something or nothing. It might grow out of it. But I think distraction with lots of kind of mental stimulation, lots of toys, lots of walks outside, um, so that they have something to kind of you know interest in and uh, k- keep them distracted from the area, um, then that may help certainly. But I think really the main the main things involved with this are ruling out any medical conditions making sure they're not hurting themselves in the process and maybe considering castration if they're not already castrated.
3: And that's why it's important to try to any of those bad habits that start when they're very young to try to nip them early yeah. on isn't it yeah uh, yeah I think,
10: I think
3: so yeah, yeah. and uh, talk, a, I think I... talking of younger uh, dogs Denise has got a new puppy 8 weeks old uh, on the toilet training I take her out every hour on the hour sometimes she goes sometimes she doesn't um, am I taking her out too often should I be leaving her longer in between taking her out says Denise
10: No, I think you are like the perfect owner. If you're managing to take them out every hour on the hour and give them that opportunity, you're on to a winner there. I think just stick with it. If they're peeing when they're outside sometimes, but not others, you're giving them that opportunity by taking them out really frequently and giving them lots of praise when they do do their business outside. They're the best puppy in the world, lots of of rubs, maybe the odd treat or two. Then they will learn that, you know, they get rewarded for that good behavior. Um, So the more times they can get it right, the better. And I think you're really giving them the best chance of getting it right pretty much every time by taking them out frequently. It might be I understand it might be a little bit frustrating to take them out and they might not pee outside um, on that occasion or they may even have an accident in, in the subsequent hour waiting for their next trip out. Um, but I really think in as an overall picture you're going to be doing the right thing taking them out as frequently as you can because the quicker they have more experiences that are positive with them peeing and pooing outside the quicker they're going to toilet train themselves so putting in this groundwork now is, is a really off. great idea
3: Yeah, Cassie has uh, Westy, 14 years old since last November uh, the last few months his breath is starting to smell I put drops in his drinking water but it's not working any other ideas
10: I think if his breath is beginning to smell and he's he's an older dog, I would say you need to visit your vet on this one. The most common cause of a smelly breath um, in, let's say, even even a middle-aged to older dog, we're seeing younger and younger these days, um, can sometimes be dental disease. So, so build-up of tartar around the teeth and sometimes causing problems underneath the gum. So, periodontal disease. It can, as well as being a really smelly, nasty thing to have licking your face, having mm. that smell next to you. It can really be quite a source of pain. Um, having dental It's like ourselves, having constant toothache and not being able to tell anyone. So, I think the best thing to do in this situation is go for a checkup with your vet, and they'll they'll assess assess your little dog's mouth, assess if there is any dental disease that needs to be dealt with there. Now, the additive that you're adding into the water, I assume it's let's say one of these anti tartar additives, and certainly they can work really well for maintenance after you have let's say a dental. Scale and polish, and, and starts from scratch with, with let's say, healthy teeth or clean teeth after a dental procedure. But as for, let's say, reducing down the smelly breath or undoing any, let's say, tartar that may have built up in the mouth, they don't, really, they don't really work from that perspective a lot of the time. They'll have to come in for, for a scale and polish to, to take away all that tartar and to deal with any structural problems
3: in the teeth. Well,
10: so I think really visiting your vet is the best
3: And option. I'm wondering, is it the same advice for Anne Imbera, who has a cat with a similar problem. Breath smells badly. She's fed on a nut-based diet and doesn't think her teeth are bad. She can't see any anything obvious, uh, but the smell from her breath is is quite bad.
10: Yeah, it's similar advice. Um, cats sometimes can be a little bit sneakier than dogs with hiding their dental disease. Um, so it's definitely better to have them on a nut diet rather than a Western diet. Um, or a half and half is the ideal really because it, that crunch can help to maintain the health of their teeth and reduce tartar. But if you are smelling um, a, a nasty smell from that mouth, it is likely that there is a degree of disease. Now, cats can be a bit more uh, sneaky with this because a lot of their disease will actually be below the gum line. Um, so cats, unfortunately, can get lesions where some of the, the, let's say, the base or the root of their teeth begins to erode and disappear. And that is a beautiful environment for bacteria to grow and thrive and cause a really nasty smell, as well as being quite painful. So similar advice here, I'd visit your vet for, for advice and for an examination.
3: Johnny and Glamire is wondering could Jane recommend something that he could rub on the tip of his dog's tail? He's got a three-year-old Springer Spaniel uh, who bites the tip of his tail. He's regularly spot on three times a year, so no fleas, no worms, nothing like that. Lots of exercise, good healthy dog. Just this habit of biting. His tail is, and I know Johnny's sort of thinking of something that, that would make it, st- from a taste point of view, that would stop him doing it. I don't know if there's such a project even available.
10: I think to a certain extent, there's probably something underneath the behaviour of him biting at his tail. I think the main things I would say are, as our, as our a listener has done, is ruling out, let's say, fleas and worms. But what I would say is sometimes they can have deeper problems. It might be causing an itch or a scratch. And with dogs, they all manifest differently if they're itchy. Some will obviously do an itch and scratch. Some will bite at their toes. Some will bite at their tail. Um, I would suggest um, speaking to your vet about this because I I think, let's say, putting a barrier in place, whether it be a nasty taste or some way of stopping him getting to the tail is one thing, but he'll still be left with the frustration if he's itchy of trying to get to that area. So it's really trying to tackle it from the ground up. I think the main things really that need to be assessed here is is there any cause for an underlying itch that might be manifesting as biting at the tail rather than an obvious itch or scratch or is there any kind of lesion or lump or bump there that's causing the irritation? Um, I suppose on on the flip side, sometimes it can be behavioural. It's very much like us biting our nails if we're anxious. Sometimes they can get into a little bit of a habit um, of biting at a certain area, and tails certainly are one of them. But it's really important to rule out any itch or scratch first, so that that can be dealt with because it might be quite an easy fix. Um, and then if if it is behavioural, it's really about assessing you know the environment, what's making him display this behaviour. Is he anxious? Is he bored? Um, but and, and kind of t- making strategies to tackle that, whether it be making him feel a bit more secure or providing him with a lot of mental stimulation and distraction. Um, but again, I sound like a broken record. I really think you should pop to your vet for this one because it really needs to rule out a niche, make sure there's no lesion there that needs to be dealt with. And if those things are ruled out, just to assess the behaviour behind it and see what can be done.
3: OK, and a final one. It's all the bad habits this week. My dog is eating the other dog's poo. I've tried everything, uh, even watch for when the other dog goes to the loo. I'm out straight away to pick it up. But now if I'm out having a walk, mad to eat. Any other dogs, Poo? Help, please.
10: Oh. <laughs> oh, my heart goes out to you. It's really frustrating when this happens. I, I, To be totally honest, a lot of the time, it's habit. Some people worry that, let's say, they're lacking in something or they're trying to get a nutrient. It's actually really, really uncommon in dogs that a normal, uh, you know, good quality commercial diet for them to be deficient in anything really these days. So it usually is habit. Um, there are products on the market which you can put into um dog's food so that they eat it. There's plenty of different brands in the market, there's corponal, different things like that. Um, and they're generally powders or pastes that you mix into the food long term and they essentially just add a nasty taste to the poo when it comes out the other end. So this works really, really well when you have one or two dogs in your household. So you'd need to feed every dog in the household. Um, the the little powder that makes the poos taste funny because that's you know if he has access to his own poo or your other dog's poo, we need to make sure they all taste nasty and that'll break the habit. But if he's going out and about on walks and eating other dogs' poo, then that may make things a little bit harder to to sort. But I think certainly, I think it, I, I know certainly most vets would have it in stock. I'm not sure about elsewhere. Um, but have it maybe give your give your vet local vet a phone call and see if they have a retail product in stock that will will make things taste a little bit nastier. Break
3: the habit. Yeah, and if you break the habit at home, which she seems to be doing it at home with the other dog, hopefully mm-hmm. then that, that, that will f- will finish it for when they go Transfer. out and about. Okay, exactly, listen, exactly. Listen, have a lovely week, and we'll chat to you again next week. Thanks you for too. that. Thank you. Bye bye, bye bye. Jane Pickett of uh, the, uh, our resident vet joining us. She'll be back with us again next uh, week. This is the Court Today replay on C103. I'm looking at the clock yeah that's uh, so where I have to uh, wrap it up for today. Uh, somebody's worried if lockdown is lifted on the 5th of March will people all race out will people be heading to Cheltenham again if so it'll bring the virus back oh god let's hope we don't have any mistakes like we had uh, last year okay that's where I leave you for today a reminder that we will be playing for the final day tomorrow for our hampers for Coolmore uh, cakes. so you get another opportunity if you haven't won so far this week to uh, enter because of a huge amount of interest in this particular competition. It's proving to be great uh, fun. My thanks to uh, John Paul for producing the programme. Nick Richards is with you for the afternoon and we will be back with you tomorrow morning at uh, 10 o'clock. Until then, I'm Patricia Messenger. Have a lovely afternoon. Look after yourself. The message we give out to you every day is uh, stay safe. Talk to you tomorrow at 10.
2: Today on
0: C103 with Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale,
3: now part of McCarthy
0: Insurance Group for motor, home, business, farm, life, and health insurance. CMIG.ie. To celebrate C103's brand new breakfast show, we're giving away thousands of euros.
2: Ken's Pure Cork Quiz is your chance to win free cash on C103.
0: Answer three Cork questions in just 20 seconds to win €103. And stay listening across the day because there's loads of chances to play. Take me to the top, I'm ready for whatever it
2: takes. Ken's Pure Cork Quiz begins Monday morning at 7.20am.
0: Stay listening on your phone, smart speaker and radio for your chance to grab the cash. Free cash.
2: Only
8: on C103 We've all become caregivers this past year In one way or another And you might have decided There's a career in this for me Whether you're already a professional caregiver Or thinking about trying something new Consider a career with Home Instead We'll train you the Home Instead way And support you in your new job Home Instead
9: To
0: Aldi's Amazing Grocery 6 offers. That's six of your favourite products at unbeatable prices every week. This week, save up to 50% off stirring sauces, salted microwave popcorn, cistern blocks and multi-use bags. Now just 49 cent each. 100% peanut butter and gold roast instant coffee. Now just one forty-nine each. Instant savings, only at Aldi. Amazing Grocery 6 offers in store now. See aldi.ie for terms. Aldi, everyday amazing. Kerry's Motor Group remains open to service your car or van. For sales, we've moved online, so buying a car has never been easier with Kerry's Deal & Deliver. Simply check out Ireland's largest selection of new and used cars on Kerry's.ie. Choose your car and book your virtual appointment with one of our expert sales team. Kerry's will sort out everything online and we will deliver your car to your door. Car buying made easy. See Kerry's.ie.
2: This is the sound of architect Priya bossing her payroll with SAGE get payroll right every time boss it try for free at sage.com terms and conditions apply on fm FM, FM. online online online, and on your phone. phone this is c103 news